Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. I'm pretty sure every time I click start recording on this, it takes longer and longer every time, gents. So apologies for that. Um, we are today joined again by full roster, so we'll jump straight into uh, into that. Dave, how are we doing today? I'm okay, thank you. I'm not sure the Wi-Fi is at your end, mate, um, given the gap that you uh, gave us for the beginning. Um, no, all's, all's well here. Um, yeah, we've had a bit of sunshine. Um Hockey storm, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, everything seems to be all right, apart from the last 24 hours. I wondered when that was going to creep in, in fairness. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got my notes ready, don't worry. How oh, are I you, don't Jim, know. How are you, Joe? Yeah, all right, mate. All right. My uh, my team is no longer in playoffs, so I am well-rested. Um, I know. Yeah. That's, about, that's about all I can really say. We're also, of course, joined by a man whose team is never in playoffs, um, and that is, of course, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gareth Dutton. <laughs> Gref, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks. Very well rested. I mean, playoffs, what's that? I was shocked to see hockey in April, to be fair. Throughout the whole of April. In fairness, mate, the amount of uh, lack of sleep you don't have, you, you should look younger than you do, mate. Yeah. Being a Buffalo fan. It's living in Manchester for you. Well, okay, fair enough. I tried you. I tried you. No, it's not. For a change. Although when I came to Sheffield last last Friday, it was raining in Sheffield and not raining in Manchester. What's that about? Yeah, it's your fault. (laughs) I was going to say, bringing the rain out of Manchester. Especially when you walk around in flip flops and shorts, not prepared for the rain. Cheers, Gref. Well, it's coming. It is going on like a summer holiday when you're going from Manchester to Sheffield, isn't it? There's a proper busman's holiday, isn't it? Yeah. Sonny's in a vest on as well. <laughs> but no, he's got a factor 30 for obvious reasons. That's true. 50. He, oh, it's 50, sorry. He burns easily. He does. He does. I'm not playing stereotype. I just know he burns easily. Through <laughs> the pest all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Swiftly moving on from, from, from that. <laughs> Last but not least, we have, of course, joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing? Um, not so bad, thank you. Uh, busy. Very, very, very busy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Uh, it's, a shame, it's a shame we're not live because I do have Gref with me here. Um, but, uh, Social distancing as well. Yeah, but it's true. About two metres, so, yeah, we're all good. Thanks, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm, 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 I'm marvelled at the fact that I basically, we basically have two Grefs on screen. It's a bit of a weird... <laughs> situation although Gref in your screen looks a little bit like he's watching you from afar <laughs> like you need some binoculars is that just kind of like the gift that keeps on giving literally as if it weren't bad enough that it was positioned in a place that was there for every goal at that end of the ice <laughs> <laughs> and he now takes it with him everywhere he goes we will just clarify this is just the uh, this is the uh, fan in the crowd that Andy uh, Andy got of Gref in the Steelers shirt the best 25 quid I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> Panthers are selling that up, giving theirs away. What's so a shame. Got yours, Joe. Oh, I no, am we, we will dig that out. That will, make, that will make an appearance at a venue near you soon. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've zero doubt. Zero doubt. Uh, right, gents. Um, we'll jump straight into the hockey, as we say. Um Strangely, like a decent amount for us to talk about, considering that there's been no actual British hockey since uh, since we last spoke, other than obviously GB 
and uh, and the international side of things. But firstly, before we go any further at all, um, the first thing that we've got written down at the moment is obviously um, the loss of Marek Tronczynski. Um was a huge shock to wake up to that news coming out of the, uh, the Steelers' social media channels um, a few weeks ago. Um, and it, I, I don't even really know what to say. It, was, it is one of those that was, that's kind of, it really was a sideswipe. It was really the last thing you expected to wake up to. That was a horrible shock. Um, i not seen the news. My friend messaged me saying, I can't believe, you know, Tronsi said, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, morning after night before. So I'm like, what on earth are you on about? And then you start looking like, just like you say, just swipes you for six. Just news you were not expecting. Um, and it was only like 32, 33. Um, so like for at least two of us, it's like same age or younger. It's like, wow. Um, so just horrible news. Um, and I'm pretty sad to be for all four of us. Uh, and all this is that, you know, thoughts with... His um, his wife and his young family. Um, I must admit, one of the photos that, in a bizarre context of photos from the from the uh, the funeral, of his national shirt and his helmet on the on the coffin was a, was a, a beautiful yet sad uh, photo um, from the whole um, passage of time in regards to that. But it's uh, just something that's just reminds you just how short life is and. Uh, you just got to enjoy every day as it comes and not wait for something because that's something just may never happen. You are spot on right there, especially with uh, obviously being what, 32, 33. It's pretty, still kind of young in this day and age. Even as a, a player himself, that's still pretty young. I mean, you see players that are playing kind of into the 40s now. Or even fifties when it's coming up to Yaga, but it's seeing that on Twitter as a a fan of the the opposition. He was still a great player to watch, and you always were like, "Oh no, he's, you know what he's going to do against you guys? He's going to probably put up big numbers or just take out the body." You're like, "Great," but. To see that happening, you're like, oh, wow, that actually, even as not a, a Steelers fan or a fan of maybe any teams he's played for, you're like, wow, how? <laughs> you start thinking, how's that actually even happened? And then you're just thinking, geez, this can happen to anyone. My thoughts go out to his family. Some of the stuff I've seen on social media has been amazing to see pretty much every hockey fan in the UK come together which you don't really get often just absolutely speechless I mean there's not a whole lot else that can be said uh found out I think it was the uh, morning of the GB game uh found out then just on Twitter scrolling through and it's it's just the last thing you would expect uh especially from a player who's you know been playing in in, in the same league as your team and just could not believe it at all. Um, and, you know, it, it was only, it must have been like a, a week uh, before that happened that he had just signed for Sheffield as well for another year. So it just makes it even more well, devastating, really, knowing, knowing that he could have been back you know, for could have all been sitting in play again. So he's just absolutely 
devastating talk and really saying it. But um, you know, unfortunately, very rare it is. Unfortunately, it, it does happen. But um, you know, everyone came together and they, they all died around his his, his family and um, the money raised from not just the, the steel supporters but everyone came together to uh, uh, put some money towards that raffle as well and and um, to help his family and I, I believe Sheffield have got something planned uh, for the new season to uh, support his family which, which is fantastic now that's great for, from the club and um, yeah, just thoughts go out to his family especially his young daughter Adranka just absolutely devastating it, it really is yeah, that's you guys have all, you know, hit the nail on the head. And you know, you look at it from a hockey perspective, you know, and and more as a, as a tribute to him, really. Like, you know, he was only in Sheffield for less than a year. He wasn't even here for the full season. And uh, you see the impact on the fan base that he made. Um, he was right at the top of my priority list for us to be signing again, right at the top. Um, you know, he was an absolutely fantastic player. We we all spoke about him when it came to coming, like coming together to decide things like players of the year, dear man of the year. When we finished the last season and we did that last episode to close out that season, he was always at the forefront of the conversation as to the most influential player. And, and that was a credit to the, to the effect that he had on the ice. You know, he was in Sheffield for less than a season and, and look at, you know, the, the whole fan base comes together. And as you say, the whole league come together. I'm sure it wasn't just the dealers fans. Um, you know, the, the the final total that was raised for his daughter with that was £11,020. And I think that raffle was going for a week, something like that. It wasn't, wasn't a... Not even, I think it was five days. Yeah. Such um, a short period of time to do that is just insane. I mean, like we've all said, he was, his impact along with, I want to say Kuka, um, just changed the steel of the season. Um, yeah. And I suppose from a fan's perspective, the, the abiding memory will be his last game of the cup final where he were as outstanding as everybody on that team, but him in particular. Um, so it's going to be one of them when that first game we get back to the arena and, you know, with the people in the fan base that we've lost already, you add to that, the emotions will be very high, but the memories will be very good. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it's a, he was here, it was, he was here for a good time, not a long time, sadly, in, in a Sheffield perspective. Um, yeah. Because I could imagine he'd have been here for a few years. He could have settled, been one of them imports that settles in place because he loved it. There was a letter from his grandparents that Sheffield released, again, beautifully painful in respect of it was so well put and you could tell the, the upset in the family, but how they were so happy that he was happy in Sheffield. When they came across, they were so looked after and they, they couldn't speak highly of his time in Sheffield and the Elite League as well. So. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge loss from a hockey perspective, and I know this isn't about the hockey. He was a very good player, and I know we had, like you said, Joe, we had the conversations, and he was there in the legal star team. He was in the conversation all the time. So from the hockey perspective, it's a big loss, but for someone to have as much an impact on their fan base in a franchise for the time he was there, shows how much it'll be sad to see him on the ice in September. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't think there's much more we can really say on that. You know, it is exactly as it is. And he was a guy you, you could see enjoyed playing where he was as well. You know, you see guys that look, that you can see that love, love to play the game. You know, you can see the guys that compete every game, but 
when you can see a guy that's loving playing every home game, you can see him bouncing off the crowd, you can see him enjoying that side of things. I mean, in the least way of trying to bring a humorous aspect to it, there's the video going round of him after the Challenge Cup final where he's lifting the cup and one of the other players, it was Davey or somebody like that, was pulling his shorts down in front of the crowd and he, you know, he was bouncing off the crowd and he did that on the rink and that was, you know... It just appeared, not knowing him at all, obviously, other than from what you see on the ice, he appeared to be just that person that lifted the lifted the team. Um, but you know, as we say, it's it's not all about the hockey side, and the the key thing is, you know, he's he's got a a young daughter and a, a family that obviously, you know, are, are dealing with the uh, the tragic loss at the moment. So as you guys have all said, you know, our thoughts go out to them and our condolences go out to them. Um, and you know, I hope that the Steelers can do something. You know moving forwards as well as what they've already done to kind of immortalise that a bit more within the team and obviously to help out as well because obviously anything that the fan base can do I'm sure everybody will be behind as they already have been um, do we have as, as in the least insensitive way of saying it possible do we have anything else to add on that and uh, it's not really you know, I think you've like... signed I think you've signed that section off very well Joe yeah right we'll, uh, we'll move straight on from that then we'll move straight back onto uh onto the hockey side of things um and back towards gb and the world championships um is obviously the key reason in fairness that uh, that we probably actually have an episode right now is probably to summarize the world champs um so dave i'll uh, i'll throw that over to you in fairness to uh to go down that route okay yeah so the tournament that everyone was saying well it's fine we're not gonna get really good because we're gonna get destroyed didn't we just put a few people's noses out of place with the performances we put in? And my God, we've played outstanding. Um, and it, it was it was disappointing from personal perspective, being in Riga and you couldn't go because um, it's a fantastic place to watch hockey. Um, so we enjoyed the fan zone that we made ourselves. Uh, in fairness, I think a load of GB fans made their own fan zones up and down the country that you saw photos. Of, uh, a lot of people had a lot of fun doing that. So if you can't have fun watching it, have fun where you were. So, quick go for the results, and then we'll go over the performances. So, the Russian Olympic Committee, which is the official title, um, losing the first game 7-1. I think it was only the first period where their skill set shone. Uh, the day after, a very tight loss to Slovakia 2-1. Uh, Denmark, we got its first point of the tournament in a 3-2 overtime loss. And who would have thought that we'd be disappointed losing to Denmark in overtime, given two years ago, me and Gref hanging out of our backsides, watching them lose 9-0. Would not have thought that whatsoever. But then history. The World Championship top level for many a year against Belarus, 4-3, and coasted that game until the last minutes. Uh, then the tougher games, Sweden. Another team we thought would be uh, double figures. Not so much. Sweden just got a 4-1 win, if you couldn't say just got a 4-1 win. Um, then we played the Czech Republic, who showed respect for the full 60 minutes, played hard throughout, 1-6-1. And then the Swiss, the last game of the tournament, uh, another loss, however, 6-3. So everyone was saying these teams with all these NHLs or better leagues, we held our own and competed very well. Um, two players that we'll talk a fair bit about on today's show, not just from the GB perspective, um, Ben Bounds, as ever, um, played outstanding in goal with the referee, um, if he was a general manager, he would have uh, signed Ben Bounds there and then. Um, I think, was that the Slovakia game? 
think it was. I think you were, yeah. Yeah, um, he made like a sprawling triple save, and yeah. And he was just like, yeah, just sign him now, just. Uh, and then, um, from a Yorkshire perspective, a bit of Yorkshire pride, and includes Griff because he wears his white rose enough times. Liam Kirk, the boy from Maltby, seven games, seven goals, was joint goal scorer of the tournament. Let me just repeat: a British player, joint goals, top goal scorer of the World Championships top level. As a sentence, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought I'd be saying that, but here we are. Um, and on the back of that, we'll, we'll talk more what he's achieved from there, but uh, I'll, I'll talk about them two first of all. We knew what Ben Bounds could do. He did it in Slovakia. He, he got the praises there. and I felt he raised his bar again. Um, I'll go on, I, I, I get the feeling a bit like O'Connor, when he puts the GB shirt on, his game raises a number of notches. He's a good player. Don't get, you know, No one's saying he's not a good player when he plays for the club side, but when he plays for the country, that bar just goes even higher. Um, and Ben Bounds are just outstanding again. And then Liam Kirk. Um, here's the crazy thing, for those who may not be aware, when he scored against the Russians, that was his first senior goal for GB. Like London buses, you wait ages for one and then a load come at the same time. Um, <laughs> but his play throughout the whole tournament, you could tell two years in North America, um, as it changed his game completely. Uh, but there was also like other performances. Uh, the debutants, uh, Clements, who I thought was in goal. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'll give you guys something to laugh at because I'll be laughing at you in a bit. Um, and, and a couple of others at their first tournament, they just looked at place. And they were like competing with um, these players who are playing in top European leagues and NHLers. So, you know, some of the, the, the debutants in this tournament, outstanding. Um, and before I pass it on, two players need to mention for their achievements in terms of cap uh, earnings. Uh, the captain, who I don't need to say his name because everyone knows who or should know who that is. Uh, Jonathan Phillips, for those who don't. And Matthew Myers. Uh, within a couple of days of each other earning their 100th cap um, just a very proud moment uh, to see these players who have worked in the program for a long time you know in 1B be able to actually get their 100th cap at the very top level is, is something that I think everyone should be proud of I remember one of the um, I think it could have been the the documentary that GB did about getting promoted to the World Champs and they, they cut onto an interview with Chris Ellison and Matt Myers and it was just after the final hooter in regulation against Hungary and the conversation goes along, you know, how does it feel you, you've got to the promised land and Myers has gone it's got, he's hit him, he's just realised, or he's not just realised, but the emotion just hit him, uh, he's now an injury, injury-free season away from playing against the very best and you know how much it means when these players at that moment, you know, it shows the pride they have in wearing the national shirt. So for these two guys who have been superb representatives of the national program to get their hundred caps um, was was very very nice to see, and also a great gesture from uh, Jonathan Phillips, I'm avoiding using the C bomb uh, to give uh, Myers the captaincy uh, for that 100th cap. I know in rugby a lot of times when you get the 50 for 100, if you get the captaincy. You don't tend to in hockey. So um, to see uh, Jonathan Phillips do that was uh, was very good of him. 
shows why he's the captain, in fairness, and why he's so respected as the captain. Very, Very true. Just admit, the, the Connolly goal against Sweden was probably a good highlight. It was, everyone was like, how's he scored? They're going to give it. Give it. Oh. And all the Swedish people from CHL games, you follow people, they were just fuming. How have we let these score? How have we let these so and sos all the words that we can't repeat yet? Um, on how have these how these score against us? Uh, and in particular that type of goal because it was just an absolute what on earth going off here? The best part about it was it was caused by essentially the laziness of one of their NHL players. Was it, it was Rick, Rickard uh, Raquel, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which in fairness epitomised their tournament. Then obviously us be in Belarus and the comments that came out afterwards from their <laughs> coach who's no longer their coach. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kinda of like the, the French coach to Ben Barnes. After we beat them. We were just a, a dashboard saying oh sugar away from a, a, a basic carbon copy repeat. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You know, that wonderful Belarusian native Shane Prince. Um, Danny Taylor. Uh, yeah. Born in Plymouth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, was it uh, Jeff Platt? Another. Was Danny Taylor the goalie? Yeah. Yep. Is that the Danny Taylor that was rumoured to be coming to Sheffield at one point? Yeah, the Nottingham Troll. Yeah. I've only just made that connection. Yeah. <laughs> it's only when you said Danny oh, wow. Taylor, then I was like, oh my God. Yeah, he remembered his roots when he uh, played oh, against that's us. that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't talk about the shoddy defending work that almost cost us the game. Because that was just pitiful. Oh, let's talk about that. Like, let's, let's single that out because that was... Of a few years of disappointing decision making, um, that was the worst from him. Which Especially one? That first or second goal? Both. Can you get to all that in Pee Wee stuff? I mean, okay, it's not like they don't they don't care, they don't try, but you're just watching like even you know that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It, it also, the other thing that it high. I mean, we say it every time the World Champs come round or any kind of international hockey come round, but it also highlights to you just how different the officiating side of things are as well. Do you know, like, I mean, this is always going to be the biggest problem for us as a as a nation moving into this kind of tournament. And everybody, there were a few times where people commented on it, like whether that was kind of Murphy and AD or whether that was other coaches or the players or players from within GB, there were a number of people kind of alluding to the fact that one of the biggest things that cost us, and it cost us the Denmark game, essentially, one of the biggest things that cost us was the penalties. We took two penalties in overtime against Denmark. The second one obviously cost us for the power play goal. It's just one of those things that we just, I I think that's kind of the next step for us as a team is, is to grasp that kind of, we're not playing domestic league anymore. A lot of things in our domestic league. Perfect example is that last penalty um, in the Denmark game. You know, guy goes, I can't remember who it was, goes down to try and block the pass or block the shot. Denmark player skates over his stick after, a little bit after trips. An overtime game in the UK, 
that's the kind of risk you can take to block that pass because nine times out of ten, that ain't getting called because it's in overtime. It's that stage of the game. It's not like you've just hooked your stick around his leg and pulled his leg out. You know, it, it, it's kind of a bit of incidentally skated into a stick that's already on the ground. You get to this kind of level and that's it's it's those kind of things you can't be doing. And there were a lot of kind of stick infractions. There were a lot of, yeah. I was say, was that not Kirky or was that the one before it? I think that was the one before it. I think I think that was a hooking. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I want to say it was somebody like Ben Lake. I think, or somebody like that. Someone, uh, some that year, you think, oh great, this has cost us. But like Dave said, two years on, I mean, it's only a, a one. We only lose by one goal, and that's in overtime. Oh, I'll yeah. definitely take that. It was a miles better performance. I mean, the performance as a whole was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. And like you mentioned with Clements, he was outstanding. Tetlow, he was outstanding. He didn't look Tetlow out of place. Was fantastic. Yeah, there, was, there was not one of the debutants, not one of them that looked out of place. Betteridge was fantastic Betteridge, as well. Betteridge, outstanding. Betteridge, every single uh, time he puts on that jersey, he's outstanding. It's just, it, I mean, in fairness, I know they're not debutants, but O'Connor and Rakovic. Again, there just seems to be a group of them that Everyone calls them in club and domestic hockey, but get that line jersey on the shirts, and they're just a complete different animal. And it showed, um, more in particular, like I said, the, the debutants. Um, you know, you, and there was about I think four or five of them that just didn't look out of place. Kieran Long, yeah, didn't look out of place. Um, so do you know, it, he's played before. Oh, um, he played. Yeah. He played. Sam Jones. Oh, uh, so, um, Venus played in Zagreb, 1B, uh, 2016, and he's he's not even 30 yet, is he, Ross Venus? He's already played 500 games in the Elite League. This is mental. That's terrible. Um, and he's getting a lot better. In fairness, like he was always kind of an undercard going into the league, but you know, last well, year he, had, he, he had that he had that standout time, didn't he? Where I think I think was it Paul Thompson who gave him his debut. Time-scale-wise, yeah, quite possibly. You know, I mean, you know, this, this awful coach has a knack of, of using opportunities to bring on young players. I'm just saying that. Um, but he had, and he's kind of dead up, but he, he's got better. I think similar to Kirk, he's bulked up a bit, and it now shows. So I think there's, I, I think, I don't know if Griff agrees with this, but I think it, it had bodes well for the future in terms of the younger end of the players coming through actually didn't look too much out of place, just needs that extra step in terms of getting the goals. You know, because Kirk's not going to be there all the time. You've got a few of the older guys getting older. Yep. And we had that, I think we discussed this away before the first game, of that's the concern of the missing gap of who's going So far suggests that we may be all right. Let's hope so anyway. I mean... We've got Tampere next year. What a beautiful place that is going to be. Can't wait for Tampere. I just can't believe it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe it's there. <laughs> when you look at where we were two years ago compared to now, I mean, this year, just every single game, we were there. You know, 5-5, five and five, we were matching them every single shift. And... Just, just fantastic work because, as we know in this country, 
GB hasn't got the reputation that I think it deserves. And, you know, even some sports and media outlets haven't given, still haven't given that their time back. They've desperately needed. But, you know, I, th- I think one day we'll get there. Just, uh, just a matter of keeping going. But, you know, like everyone said, the, the debutants, no, they didn't, they it looked like they had been there before many times. You know, and, and right now we've got a good mix of, uh, you know, the other guys who've got experience of playing at this level. Then you've got the new guys who are obviously really, really much quicker. But it's just that good balance we have at the minute. And like we've talked about before, there's, there's going to be a point where those older guys have gone. And this is where British hockey in general has got to really step up their game into how are you going to get new players interested in playing this sport. Obviously, the main drawback is the cost of the kit. So if you could put some sort of program on and have a big sponsor involved, I think it's going to make a lot of difference. You just look at radio and TV, the amount of sponsors that England have, you know, with these junior academies and all this, you know, there needs to be something similar for hockey. Otherwise, it's going to be all this good work up to now. And then in, in two, three years' time, it's just all going to go back again. And this is where they really do need to pull a finger out. But as a whole this year, GB played fantastic. Absolutely amazing. And um, you can't really fault anything, to be honest with you. Um, you know, great win against Belarus. Really deserved that one. Uh, I think that was the main game that we all thought uh, we're probably going to get something out of. Uh, but, you know, even to push Slovakia. So overtime compared to where we were again two years ago was a massive feat. Absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, it, it's a shame about uh, Belarusian uh, coach being sacked. You know, Lukashenko doing his work and put him on a Ryanair flight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just absolutely amazing from all of them. You know, they all deserve to be at this level, uh, and you know, can, can only see uh, good things happening if if uh, programs can kick in and uh, we get a bit more bit more attention. Uh, I think we're going to go very far, really far indeed. I, I have to say as well, one of the one of the key things, and I mean, uh, we've we've kind of you know we've gone over the kind of the score lines for all the all the games, but there's one thing that I think we just need to kind of touch on a little bit more when we're talking about the games. And in fairness, it's not one of the closer games. It's not one of the games that you know we 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 took to OT or the game against Belarus that we won. Out of every single game. Which game were we fixating on the most of expecting, for once for a better word, an absolute spanking was Russia. We were expecting to come out of that game well into double figures, not having scored a goal without having a single chance in that game. And in fairness, I'd take a 7-1 result. If you'd have told me we'd have lost 7-1 in that game, I don't think I'd have believed you. And you look at like the kind of, we had a bad spell in that game. You know, we went 4-0 down in the space of five minutes. Other than that... Was it a bad you know, spell or was it just kept... excellence from the Russian Olympic Committee? Oh, absolutely. In fairness, it was it was great from the Russian team. And, all, and I don't think it helped that, you know, I, I think they were burying the chances that they had on Whistle. It probably didn't necessarily help Whistle's confidence being the first game that he played. I don't think... I mean, I didn't expect Whistle to be stepping in as the... Uh, as the goalie in the Russian game, but I don't necessarily think it 
possibly helped his confidence a little bit that all of a sudden it was just like the floodgates were opening. But he settled down. It, you know, this is Russia we're talking about. You know, like we expected an absolute hammer, and that's not what happened. In fairness, I think Whistle actually had a, as good a tournament uh, as Bounds per se of the games he played. Um, I, I thought he did really well. Um, my other highlight from that game was I thought it was great just to hear the BHF goal music time and time again. <laughs> so I, I, I got a good take out of it. Um, but yeah, the Russian and the Swedes, you expected the, the hammering. Um, and we didn't. So for me, lots of good to work from. Like Andy says, there's opportunities to really pounce on the good work being done over the last few years. And if we're honest, you're starting back from Belfast for that first promotion, where the ball has rolled, it's snowballed, it's getting bigger. Uh, the interest is now there more in the going out to these tournaments and following it online. Um, there needs just to be some joined up uh, approach to get everyone. And I think there, there is the, the, the desire for it to happen. You know, and I think I'll, I'll throw this out there. The one thing if they could do it, not as in depth as they did this year, but to really showcase the talent we have in this country is an elite series. Maybe over a weekend, group round-robin games, short version games, but like you play a number of games. But have that in the middle of the summer, maybe at Ice Sheffield, let's say, or Nottingham's because they have the locker rooms. And if you could showcase the British talent that could step up and take the spots in the Elite League, I, I think there's something that you know could help, A, the Elite League in terms of its sustainability, having more local players. that development and that pathway from starting at the bottom, working your way to getting your spot in the Elite League and then working hard there to getting opportunities abroad Yeah, I, I think I'd be up for watching the Elite Series like that all over again where it's just I British players I mean I don't think we'd have thought we would have like probably seen the likes of Antonov play in the Elite League for the time being. Oh, uh, see, Josh Waller have such a great actual Elite Series material. When you saw him at Guildford, he was four fly minutes, if that. So I think it's going to show. Could it could go a, an amazing way, where we've actually got the players that are actually will keep us up in the the big leagues for a good while. Or uh, it could show, right, yeah, we definitely need further development, which I think we all think we could get further development, but it's like whereabouts of the development are we at? Are we at a good sustainable level? Or are we at like Canada, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, those type places? The task should really be to go to that, those type of places. But, yeah, like with Stafford saying, the prices of the kit and that, it's not a cheap sport to play, especially if you're going to be a goaler. I, feel, I, I dread to think how much you actually pay on kit yourself. Second-hand <laughs> websites are my friend. Yeah, because it's one like of those, you said, the costs are. I think I, I saw a, a set of pads brand new from a 
um, a reputable ice hockey shop in South Yorkshire. Other shops are available. Um, and you were talking just £500 just for the pads. Not the catch and blocker that you'll want because they'll match. Yeah, you're probably looking at over £200. So you're talking £700. Because all goal is low style. Uh, let's be honest. £700 for four pieces of equipment. And then you've got your skates, then you've got your chest guard, then you've got your helmet, then you've got your sticks. And if you go Bauer, it's all just white. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in terms of a pre-sort of season, I was thinking to do a, a similar thing to the Elite Series. I think before all the imports arrive, so say uh, early August maybe, I think they should just have like, like an NHL-style pre-season where they call up all the miners and just let them play against each other for, for those teams. Like, say, Manchester pick up, you know, give more um, ice time to, to, to Balmer. Um, uh, you know, just off, off the top of my head. But they could bring so many people up, you know, f- from these lower leagues and just give them a chance to shine, you know. And I think that'd be fantastic. Just for two weeks, two weekends, if you've done enough, you get called up and then the, the, the play majority of the season with them. I think that's the best way to do it because this series has been fantastic in terms of giving these British players a chance where another times they probably won't get that chance. So I think if you're going to build on that, you've got to do some sort of similar thing uh, with the pre-season to the NHL, I think, anyway. I'd tweak your idea, right? And I would have it as over weekend. But I'd not be full 60 minutes. You may play, say, 40 minutes. But you play it over weekend. So maybe start Friday night and end Sunday. But have that opportunity where the Brits, if they want to, you know, trial for the full season, they play in this weekend, um, and get people to come down so you, you know, you cover the cost of everything, um, and just do it that way. Where, because for me, it was the platform it gave. Like you mentioned, it was the platform it gave these players that no one had heard of, or won't have heard of much, and gone. Hang on a second, he could actually do a job in the elite league. Hang on a minute, that kid could do a job in the Elite League. And okay, it was only four teams who took part this summer. But next year, let's just say six teams. Let's say um, Guildford and Cardiff joining kind of the English Welsh section, shall we call it, and have that round robin there. Well, let's say you have. Well, <laughs> well, I was going to say, Joe, you could have the Scottish team in Belfast go over to either Belfast or one of the rinks in, in, in Scotland yeah. and have a similar tournament. And do the same thing where it gives them the platform, and then the coaches go, "Do you know what?" Because if there's, we said, you know, Josh Waller's moved. I know we're not going to mention much in terms of we'll do the breakdown of each team, but he's signing Cardiff on the back of his performance in the Elite Series, where he yeah. only had his first real season in Guildford, the season that was cancelled, so he wouldn't have been known much. He has this good showing in the Elite Series, and a team has picked him up. And if we could, I think I genuinely believe, excuse me, and I think the will will be there. If you have the opportunity where you, it's each team picks up one or two, and even if it's youngsters just to train, and let's just say they're signing Sheffield, but we'll actually farm them to the Steel Dogs. And this is no disrespect to Steel Dog fans if listening. I'm not saying you just you give the worst players to them. Let's not go down that line. Because you, you see the work relationship now is a lot improved. But you say, right, we'll train with the Steelers, get your game time initially with the Steel Dogs, and work your way to the Elite League. Or if they can get on the jump straight away, start of the Steelers or any other team in the league, but they're in the system 
And the more players, like you mentioned, Andy, the more players you have in the system, and even if it's just training and not maybe not, maybe not necessarily getting all the game time in, initially, but eventually. But so long as in the system, I think that's just going to give the British game that security basis of the sustainability element of we can look to reduce the number of imports because we've got the players that can take the spot and it doesn't affect the entertainment value because they actually are good enough. And I think that's what the Elite showed. We have British players that are good enough. That's the best part about it, though, because if, if you if you do that, if we can get to the point, the, the thing is, it's about finding that balance, isn't it? Because we want to be able to reduce the import numbers, but it needs to be at the point where the import numbers being reduced doesn't then affect the quality of the game we're seeing. And, and the, the thing is, the level that GB are playing at now and, you know, as you say, again, we'll come on to this later on, but the level, the amount of GB players currently that, have, that are going abroad and playing elsewhere, the game, for, for once of a better phrase, and, and we hate this, this 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 phrase being used in other in other circumstances, but the GB game, is, it's really growing the game at the moment. It really is. The, the, the span of GB hockey is getting bigger. And the thing is, the, the current level of GB hockey is at the point where if we reduce the import numbers, and this is what we want, the import numbers come down. So the quality of the imports that we're seeing are the higher quality. And that's that's what's going to improve the game. If we can get to the point where bringing the, the import number down means that it's the higher quality imports and not lower quality imports because they're then presuming that the quality of the sport as a whole is going to be affected if you can catch where I'm coming from. If we can get to that stage where it's going to be, do you know what? This is going to be top level hockey. And actually, it's one of those where, you know, players want to come over to the GB and players want to compete for a spot on a GB roster, on a GB team's roster, rather than, oh, OK, we can always go and play in the Elite League, which is what it used to be. It used to be, a, as, as, as a lot of people, and I'm sure we've said at times, at one point, it was kind of like a retirement league. It was the point where your you, you decent players would come and play towards the end of the career and we want it to be that point where players are competing for a spot on a roster and I think we're getting to that stage but we've we've spoken before as well about the the, the ideas of, of the ideal of having teams having farm teams and things like that like in the NHL if we could have every team in the position that the likes of Sheffield are in where they've got the Steelers and the Steel Dogs if we could start having every team signing players on two-way contracts it would it would do a, a hell of a lot for the sport but it's just whether or not it's doable. We, the, you know, the, the part that we haven't covered yet in terms of, yes, we're getting there. Yes, the quality of the Brits are there. And like you get, you guys have already said, you know, the quality of the younger Brits is really instilling some faith that we've got somewhere to go when the top Brits start to step down. The only area that is so difficult to do, and we say this a lot, is, is the goaltending side of things. And, you know, eventually Bounds is, is going to be, you know, retiring from hockey. Where do we go after that? You know, that's that's the that's the key that we need to look at, and that's why these kind of series are more important because we need to be coming up with some kind of series where we can't be relying on import netminders. Because the problem is, as soon as you throw an import netminder out there, every team's going to do it because every team's going to want to compete. One change you'll make that'll make it easy to have netminders play more game time, but we'll never make the change. And you change it from the league going to be in the yeah. be all and end all. Because then you're not having the pressure of having to win every game. You, yeah. The pressure is to make the top eight or the top or whatever the playoff determination, and then your backup can play more games. But that's not going to happen. Um, 
for numerous reasons. So, but you know, we'll get there. Oh yeah, I do believe the future's bright. I do believe there's talent. I mean, goalie-wise, Headley played well um, for Coventry, Churchfield, and Warburton did well in in, for Sheffield. Um, And there are other other goalies in the system. So I think this. I think we're getting the parts. You know, slowly but surely. And yes, it's in spite of the system, instead of be by the system, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think we're getting there, very slowly. Um. Well, a phrase I hate using, but you've got to keep the faith that we've got these players that we've actually got some good talent. And there's younger guys who we don't know yet who are doing good things in their age brackets. And when they get to this, make the jump to the senior levels, could be the next ones, you know, the next Ben Bounds, you know, the next Jackson Whistle. I think that I think the players are there. Yeah. I just think it's it's we just need to make sure we harness them correctly. Most important point is is the next few years moving forwards because obviously as they start to get older, that development starts to become more difficult. If you can tackle it at an early age and things like that, and in, in the goalies that are available, then it'll be a huge step forward. Uh, one other thing, in fairness, that we've not really covered when we've talked about world champs is you know we've talked about the coaching side of things. We've talked about the job over the last few years that Pete Russell's done. Um, and obviously it was a different scenario this year. Pete Russell was obviously still involved, but to have no Pete Russell on the bench, I think uh, it, it would be poor form of us not to mention the stellar job that uh, Adam Keith and Corey Nielsen, as which may be a difficult thing to say as a Steelers fan who have had uh, both coaches um, coach against us, and same for, probably for as a Storm fan, but uh, they did a stellar job, in fairness. They, Absolutely they, stellar job. They did, and you, you can tell that they work as a team. Yeah, Pete Russell's the top of the tree. He has the utmost faith in Adam Keefe, who's, that's, it's only his third tournament. Let's just realise that. His third tournament. And Corey Nielsen, who's, as a player and as a coach, has been involved in the setup, and he gets the setup. Um, they were video calling in between periods, so Pete Russell was talking to the players, so he still had that impact. But yeah, yeah. them two did a fantastic job. Um and given how they played as hockey players, and I know we mentioned at certain times our discipline in terms of penalties was not the best, it was very a disciplined performance across the board from the national side. There weren't that many penalties compared to other teams. Um, the only retaliation penalty, which I thought was correctly done by Brendan Conley when it was a horrible hit, uh, it, was a, it was one that a liberty were taken and you had to at least show him the error of his ways. Um but the players like him and Ben Lake, who like to have like the bitter afters, they, they they were there, but it was harnessed in. So they did a great job. Um, kudos and congrats to to Adam Keith and Corey Nielsen. Definitely, I think that's a thing, difficult one. <laughs> I think that the last thing we probably will have to mention on this is probably the groups for next year. On who. Oh, some familiar faces, some two new, t- oh, yeah, two new teams, and then God help the Tempera Bars. That's all I can say. I know, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got Finland, obviously as the hosts, who drank a lot of vodka in Slovakia. Yeah. 
even drank a bar out of the vodka at one point. You've got, obviously, USA. So it'll be good to play against them again. See Ben Davis go bar down. Uh, Czech Republic. Fans that like a good drink. And Sweden. That's going to be interesting considering how close they are to Finland. Their rivalry. And then, obviously, Norway. New team. Be lucky be interesting to see play. I mean, they had... Was it Olden? Played for you guys in the Elite yeah, Series. He was playing Olden, for them. Yeah. That was good to watch. Obviously, the team we beat last year. Well, just gone. Belarus. So we can send them down pack into 1A, like we did with France, hopefully. And then the new team, Latvia, which is basically going to be a drink-off. Oh, God. They, uh, they, there's like three teams. We've got the Russians again, haven't we? No. They're no, in Helsinki. They're in Helsinki. So there's us who travel, there's Latvians who travel, the Swedes travel, the Czechs travel in good numbers. Yeah, the bars better be stocked up because they're going to make a fortune. They're going to make a lot of money um, with the fan bases. Um, I can't wait to be amongst them. That is going to be, as much as it's going to hurt my wallet, it's going to be an experience of a lifetime. It's going to hurt our wallets anyway with just the jerseys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's not the discussion we're having. <laughs> and it'll have a, a significantly bigger impact than that Rigo would have done as well. Cool. If, if it's anything like, like the year just gone, um, we could see some big surprises. Because, I mean, this year you, you saw Canada struggle early on. You saw Sweden struggle early on. It'll be interesting to see if anything uh, happens like that, like that next year. Uh, I, I mean... Looking at the group, uh, two teams that I think we can predict we, we could get a pretty convincing win off, uh, Norway and Belarus. Uh, two teams that really stand out as we'll probably get a result from. Um, good to see Latvia, uh, us play Latvia for the first time. And uh, being better if our, our good friend Edgar is there as well. That'll be a very good, uh, very good thing. I presume that's going to be when our good friend Edgar is, is there. I, I, I fully expect Edgar to be there in his uh, maroon morph suit. <laughs> Especially if it's anything like when he FaceTimed Dave when we were in Slovakia and he was in Bratislava and we were in Prezov. And picking, what was it, 10am in the morning and they've got a table just full of open bottles of vodka and they're all pretty much all empty. And it was like... and. Yeah, right there, I guess. <laughs> and this is in Finland as well. We've got to remember this. I mean, Finnish vodka is, <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't some like second-rate vodka that we're going to be talking some serious top-end vodka. This isn't going to be like yeah, you go to the local offer and get like a six-pound vodka. <laughs> it's Coming a back small with bottle. Suitcases full of Zabrovka and. Um... Yeah, it's got to be done. Other alcoholic beverages are available. But, this you know, is true. I've just realised as well when I said that Zabrowka's Polish, it's not even finished. Oops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the principle's still there, as you say. Other, 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 other brands. We'll let you are, all right. 
It's been one of them days, mate. It's been one of them days. <laughs> edit that. Just edit that one out. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in. We're an honest podcast, what's and all. That's because it'd take a significant amount of editing if we were going to edit out the amount of screw ups. But it'll be amazing if they get like spitting chiclets as like a like a sponsor and they bring all the Pink Whitney. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, I'm telling you, this has been the biggest disappointment of watching the uh, the NHL playoffs this year. Has been seeing all the spitting chiclets like events where they're watching it with full bottles of Pink Whitney and it not being available in the UK. And I've googled it to see if there's anywhere available, and there's like people on Reddit and things like that asking if it's available, and everybody just commenting say half of them are saying, "Oh, I'm running off license in somewhere in America. We can sort something out," and then they quote ridiculous prices. And then others are just like, oh, why don't you just get pink lemonade and vodka? It's just the same thing. It's like, no, no, no. it isn't the same. <laughs> we need Pink Whitney to happen in the UK or somewhere close by that does good shipping. <laughs> yeah, or just any shipping that doesn't involve like 20 quid in tax. So, yeah. Um, do we have anything else on the World Champs to, uh, to add? I can't, I can't think. I think we've pretty much covered it. I'm also very really con- but I'll, I'll I'll leave it till last. So I think it's something we've been missed out, but we can do it just 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 at the end. Sure. Yep. Sound. All right. I, I will point out at this stage, and I will I'll say this to uh to everybody that's listening. We set out with the full intention of making this podcast try and last about an hour. Um, we're currently at, I think about 54 minutes, and uh, yeah, that's not happened. So. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, if we haven't got anything else to add on uh, the World Champs, the next thing I've got written down is key signings. Uh, This will come with a warning or the... uh, I can't even think of the word. A warning will do. Um, Disclaimer. Disclaimer, that's the one. Cheers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's been one of those days. Um, This comes with a disclaimer. We're not obviously at this stage, we're not going to be going through all the rosters um, for all of the teams. Um, That will be something that happens later on when more rosters are confirmed and we can start to kind of summarise the upcoming season. Um, However, uh, as we all discussed rightfully before we started recording, there are two signings that we can't quite look over. Uh, The first is, of course... Uh, ben Bounds, and I'm going to throw that over to someone who's got the team that he's gone to, because all I know is that he's in Slovakia. Trentin. Say that again, mate. Dukla Trentin. I believe is how you pronounced his new club. Um, I had a bit of a raw deal in Gratz with the injury, but I think the World Champs has repaired his reputation, as I've mentioned already. Have a good season in Slovakia. And I think he'll go on to bigger leagues. Um, and fair play to him for sticking it out in Europe. Um, I think for me, everyone's like saying, oh, Slovakian League's just the same as the Elite League. He might as well come home. No. Stay away, Ben. Spend all your playing career in Europe. You're going to be looked after better. You're not expected to play 95% of the games. You're going to have a goal to coach on tap. I know you had a fair bit of Cardiff. Um, and you've got a sense Calgary for a few weeks but more developed goalie coaching you'll have and you're going to be, let's say you're going to be playing half the games you're going to be fresh 
like we mentioned about the change in terms of that's how you get backups playing. That's the system they have in Europe. So, Ben, please stay out there. Unless you're done and then come home. But only when you're done. Do do your game, the world of good. Stay out in Europe. And it's deserved. He's earned it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the fixtures saying, is there any way of a cheeky weekend somewhere um, to watch, catch one of the games? Uh, Prezov. Prezov. Um, now they've got an they've got a, a extra league team, and I have a friend who can sort tickets out who actually does live in Prezov. So uh, I'm sure an MF dead on tour um, can be done. Um, we, 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 I mean that's gonna I think that's gonna happen this once travels allowed anyway. So, um, but no, that, that's I think you know changing could be one. Uh, other parts of the old Czechoslovakia could be done as well. Um, All right, there, Sims. I said the old Czechoslovakia, so I was broad covering. <laughs> I weren't m- mistaken him on purpose. Uh, it was broad, a very broad church was in reference to them, my friend. Uh, but no, good signing for Ben. Um, I just think, you know, especially with the GB cap on, he's going to come back fresh. I think before Slovakia, I think he played like 90 odd games. With all the warm-up games, the CHL, the league, the Challenge Cup, the playoffs. Should we just give this lad a breather? Let me, let me put his feet up and have a cup of tea. My jeez. Give him a Welsh cake from Barry Island. Oh, yes. All that shop on Cardiff Bay. Yeah. Oh, God, so, yeah. It's doesn't fresh. I swear every time we ended up in we've ever ended up in Cardiff Bay, there's been a moment where someone's gone, Where's it's gone to the Wealth Cake shop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the <first laughs> every time, time. The first time we was all there, it was me and Gref. Because we both looked we were like, Yeah, let's just go in, sneak out, and we'll catch up, it's fine. And we did. No one knew. And so we're there with the big bags on just munching away. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> and no shame whatsoever. <laughs> You're welcome to the Welsh Cakes in fairness. I've never been a big fan, so you was a... Oh, you all lost. Never been my thing. Never been my thing. But no, yeah, in fairness, you're absolutely right about Bounds. It's, uh, it seems a uh, quite a fitting thing to say as a, a non-Cardiff fan to be saying, please stay away from this league for as long as you can. But that's not even from a, a personal perspective of we'd rather see... Uh, well, we'd rather not see him be winning games against us, essentially. But... On a more important level, you know, as you say, he's earned the position that he's in. He's earned the time to play over there, and you know, he needs to he needs to take as much time as he can possibly get playing, basically anywhere that's not in the UK, because you know that's what he set out to do. And like you say, fair play to him for sticking it out another year. He didn't have the best of years in Graz last year with his knee, um, so fair play to him for getting back on the horse, doing the putting the performance that he did. Um, you know, in the world champs and earning himself another bite of the cherry. Do we have anything else on bounds? I don't, I don't know if we do. I'm seeing no. All right. So, well, the next name that we have that we've already, uh, again, vaguely spoken about is, of course, uh, Sheffield's or should I say Rotherham's owner Liam Kirk. And uh, you got. We'll say South Yorkshire's. We'll say South Yorkshire's. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, what a story this has been with Kirk. It's just been headline after headline for him over the last few years. You know, first he earns his his place in kind of the entry draft a few years ago and, and gets himself drafted for Arizona. And that was a milestone in itself. You know, it goes from that to a few years with a Peter repeats and we see him putting up good numbers there and making a good impact there. Probably came to quite a sad ending for him there, in fairness, because he didn't quite get the time there that he expected, obviously, with COVID and things like that. He didn't quite get to spend the entire time there that he was expecting. Um, then on to the world champs, and like Dave said earlier, finishing joint top scorer and part of the all-star team for the uh, for the world champs. And then all of a sudden, as all these rumours are pinging around everywhere that he's getting offers from where teams in Finland was one of the rumours. Definitely wasn't um, Burn. I think S- well, SC Burn was like rumoured and not rumoured in the same article, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Sweden, uh, Slovakia. Yep. Uh, a few countries in Europe, uh, but he's uh, he's not going to Europe. No, and then in fairness, on top of that, there were rumours that Arizona were going to waive their rights to him and allow him to, to talk to other teams and things like that. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, in fairness, from, from where all the rumours were kind of heading, bang, he signed an entry-level contract with the Arizona Coyotes. And, uh, I mean, fair play to the lad, don't quite cover it, does it, <laughs> does it really? I mean, what an achievement that is. Um, yeah. He's... It's an amazing story from start to finish, as, as you've covered um, <clears throat> quite well in, in that respect, Joe. And and it, it shows the one thing about Liam, uh, it's work ethic. He's determined to work. And he, knowing this from conversation with people who are close, closer to Liam, his dream has been to play in the show, but he's driven. And it shows he's driven. He went to Peterborough. Um, that typical Brit overseas, an alternate captain. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised had he had his third year because I think some of the captains was in their final year at Peterborough. He could have been the cap- a captain choice. Uh, did well. Everyone at Peterborough loved him. Then obviously COVID happened. He then took it upon himself to go to Sweden and spent time there. Again, another alien country to, to the UK. But it just shows, it just demonstrates a lot of things about him in terms of his drive and his his desire to hit his goal. But I think one thing it needs to be said is, is it, it's it's a great moment for a few things, few people, few few groups. I mean, not ju- just himself, his, his parents who have supported him and now seeing him getting closer to that dream. I mean, you know, they, they'll have been probably the, the proudest people in the UK when that news broke or when they found out. Um, but also, let's, let's, let's thank and congratulate the coaches at the Sheffield Academy where Liam went through because now on their books they can say that they've had a play gone through their system that signed an entry level contract to the NHL not played so that's a big achievement from them so they, they you know kudos to them and also I know people in Sheffield hate saying these two words but Paul Thompson needs a bit of credit To give him that senior shot in the UK, to allow him to to get knowing what he needs to do and need to drive himself, um, and one of the people who helped him and kind of set, not, not took him under the wing but really helped him was the person who told him he got drafted, um, on all counts is uh, Gillian Debians. Um, the kind of it reminds me of a story years ago of a, of a Longstaff, 
Um, and the Steelers captain at the time, Dennis Vial, took him under the wing. Now, Longstaff was a good hockey player, but Vial was like, you've got to train, you've got to gym more, you've got to do this. And he did it. And in the season that Sheffield won all four pieces of silver, some teams say how we... And just depends what side of the coin you land on. He was the league's MVP. David Longstaff, a British player, in a, se- in, a, in a season full of imports and top-end imports, he was the MVP. So you had that kind of similar, had having that import to, to tell him where to go, tell him the, the, the finer tips, the final bits of, because his game's there and everyone saw it on the ice, but it's some final bits of how to take the next step. So all these people who have who've helped him along the way to this sign essential of a contract, I think they need they deserve a pat on the back. Um, but also, it's, it's a big moment, like you said, for the British game. And maybe not this year, maybe the season after. I believe he will. He'll learn it. And then it'll be a humongous moment for the game in this country. And Liam Kirk will then become the poster boy for the game. Step aside, Tony Hand. Step aside, Con Shields. He'll be the person. The lad from Maltby. Who would have thought it? But overall, congratulations, Liam. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to Liam. I mean, when you first signed as a what, an apprentice from Paul Thompson, he looked like a, a really skinny kid that couldn't grow any facial hair that would probably just like get bald just get ragged about like a ragdoll in the elite league to the player that's now like can actually grow better facial hair than his siblings and then obviously he's, he's bolts up a bit fair bit which is you could definitely tell especially when you in his game you can tell he's Bolts up a lot. Now signing a three-year entry-level contract. Most likely going to play in the AHL next season. Assuming that does go ahead properly. Like everything they hope does. Playing in Tucson. That's going to be one. As soon as he puts on that that jersey for that first game. The first actual full game. Where it's in like preseason or anything. He's going to be. I'm going to say it's probably going to be one of those where you're like, I'm almost there. I've got one hand, one foot in that in that point. I need to carry on. Which we all know Liam's going to smash that because you've seen his determination. It's You've got like players that you thought would probably maybe do something. Like, not to, sorry to name these guys, but like Adam Barnes, uh, Kieran Brown, they're like the likes of players that you thought, okay, they're gonna actually go somewhere. They're actually not, they're actually quite decent. And then you look at Liam, and it's just like, yeah, you actually need to get to that level of determination. You are really good hockey player. Get to that level though, and you'll be even, you'll be. What in a few years it'll be like what Kirky Brown and Barnes top th- the top line in GB 
That'd be um, crazy to see. It's going to be... I, I reckon when that call does happen and he does put on that Coyotes jersey, one of my hopes is against one of our teams. He, he scores, we don't care. He's the first English guy to actually... First English-born trained to actually score in the NHL. It's just going to be... We're going to all probably, like, tear up a little bit just for the the sense of pride, just, like, knowing it's a, an English guy. I mean, for you guys, even more so, being one of your own. But then you're going to be like, what's his mum thinking? What's his dad going to be thinking? That could be worse than us. I know people are probably thinking, why haven't Arizona announced it yet? It's due to the IHF ruling. They can't actually announce free agents until free agency starts. And it's like the 28th of July, yeah, something 20th like that. 28th of July. It's like, that's where, obviously, players that are outside of the Canada American leagues. So it's like, okay, I see soon as that tweet goes out though oh man then their social media is not going to know what's hit them yeah literally <laughs> they thought it was bad when we drafted when they drafted him and like you said Graf, it's going to go exponential when they, that tweet that message goes out that they've signed him on the entry level contract they better have a, a social media guy that's savvy with the British game or just the British culture because they're going to need it I hope he's got a charger already as well Needed to be for Vegas, really, didn't it? Just for their uh, social media man and just the response that they get from their social media guy. (laughs) Um, When you look at just his his journey so far from his first sort of season playing in in the juniors in in Sheffield, uh, three points in five games and then eight points in three games. And you look... One season after that, 54 points in 16 games. And then season after that as well, 54 points in 12 games. And you look at stats like that and you realise that this is good. This guy is going to be something special. You know, and I think everyone sort of realised this at a very good time. And they have given Liam some really good opportunities. And of course, I'm going to include Paul Thompson in, in being one of those. Just... Jenny's been on from, I mean, even 98 points in 17 games. I, I, I don't know anyone who who can really do that. My it's David. Just, well, yeah, but I mean, in this country-wise, just, it just begs belief at how skilled this person is. I mean, like, like everyone said, a, a lad from Maltby who, you know, he wouldn't even... Outsiders just wouldn't even think of, you know, these sort of players in this country. But here he is. He is he's Liam Kirk and, and just absolutely incredible. To go from where he started from to now is a massive advert for hockey in this country. I mean, he, he had the great time of being drafted in the NHL. Absolutely fantastic. There's only th- uh, three people, Colin Shields um, and... Mine's gone blank. 
Um, <laughs> uh, was Tony Hunt drafted? Yeah, I was going to say yep. Tony Hunt. Tony. Edmonton? Thank you. Yep. yep. Colin Field was Philadelphia? I want to say. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, just just incredible. You know, when uh, this lad is going to be the poster boy for for this country like, like they've said again and uh, to go from where it was with the peaks, just such a shame that it came to an end because of all, all everything going around, going on in the build right now. And uh, you know, a, a lot of players will think, you know, that's my dream over, that's it now. But he's basically he's basically shown everyone, even when times are tough, and this is where young players need to take notice of. Even when times are tough, and you don't think you're gonna get gonna get anywhere, just keep on going, keep going. Because if you stop and you lose all interest, you lose everything you've learned, then that's when you're definitely not, not going to make it. So his message just shows, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, even if it means leaving home for a year to play abroad, do it. Because you're going to come back even better player. And Kirk is showing that, not just in this elite series, but obviously scoring not only his first... Uh, senior GB goal but being joint top scorer you know and that's just from his time uh, two seasons in Peterborough and that's when he realised it is a completely different world over there in terms of hockey the two sides are so so different you know and hopefully you know this does give a drive to other young players to you know, just keep working at it. If you get offered something abroad, go for it. Because it really is going to improve yourself. And if you really want to have this dream of being in the NHL where Liam Kirk is, is going now, just keep going. Because even when times are difficult, it doesn't mean that it's game over. So, yeah, just fantastic for Liam. So, so chuffed for him. And, uh, you know, just a really, really big big thing for this country massive yeah 100 percent, and i can uh 100 percent guarantee that um that tucson roadrunners no <laughs> <laughs> i can 100 percent guarantee that um tucson roadrunners have just gained themselves a good uh, uk following and uh the arizona coyotes if they if they take the chance on liam and uh, and pop him in on the nhl roster i can guarantee they're gonna earn themselves a lot of uh, a, a lot of UK followers as well and all I can say is I really hope they've got a good shipping policy because they will be selling a hell of a lot of shirts you can guarantee it. you saw it with the Peterborough Peets and the number of shirts that kind of pucks up was stocking them you know you could see people buying Pete shirts left right and centre and now he's gone up to the next level you can imagine there's going to be even more um what a story it's just it's, it's just incredible isn't it who are who who would have thought and in fairness you know it's been it's been a good year in terms of kind of what Arizona have done over the last few years. I think it fell at the right time for him as well. We've, we spoke about this before kind of the announcement came out and we were kind of speculating on whether or not he, you know, would, would get the chance to be playing for Arizona. He would be getting the call up and Arizona have kind of fallen at that point in their kind of, I don't know, the way they're playing at the moment, the way that they've played over the last few years, they've tried to build their team for a quick Stanley Cup team. They signed the likes of Kessel from the Penguins. 
they picked up Taylor Hall. They did well for a little bit until they got into some goalie injury issues. And then, you know, I think they're down at the point where they are trying to rebuild the team from start. And they know how much drive Liam's got. They know how much passion Liam's got. You know, you can see it all over Twitter. You search Liam Kirk. It's not just the British fans now that are tweeting about it. You can see a lot of American fans coming out and saying they're excited to see this guy play over there. Um, you know, I, I searched Liam Kirk on Twitter just to see what was going on. And uh, Elite Prospects yesterday tweeted the most clicked player profiles and Elite Prospects last week. Liam Kirk's second behind only Cole Caulfield. He was, he was clicked, his profile was clicked on 9,346 times last week. That's a British player <laughs> that's having nearly 10,000 views on his Elite Prospects page in a week. That's crazy. Some some British players probably don't get clicked on 10,000 times in their career. <laughs> He's been clicked on that many times in a week. Like, it, it's huge for the British game, it's huge for Liam, and it, it speaks volumes for kind of the effort that he's put in. Um... And yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think he can't be pulling that Coyote shirt on in a, uh, in a you know, who knows. Um, I agree with you, Griff. Hopefully, in, in one sense, it's against one of our teams so that we can even further enjoy that game. Um, hopefully, it's a reverse retro jersey game just so that we can see him pulling on the uh, the nice purple Coyote's Kachina-style jersey. Um, but no, what absolutely. beautiful absolutely. jersey that would be to put on your first one. Well, in fairness, either that or the alternative, which is literally just the original Kachina jersey. Like either one, lovely jersey. Um, but yeah, that's you know, there's not much more to say. You, you guys have covered it off perfectly. Like the um, the the level of achievement, and you you can see it from the level of drive from from the word go. Um, and I'm going to say it again because I feel like Paul Thompson really does seriously, seriously, seriously need a lot of credit for where Liam's got to, because Liam was eligible for, for the draft because of the age that he was when he got his first professional contract. You know, he first came onto the scene because Paul Thompson was the one that decided we needed to start offering a couple of apprenticeship contracts. He got the ice time because Paul Thompson gave him the ice time. Some Steelers fans, a certain cohort that were going mentioned, may not like to hear the praise to Paul Thompson, but you have to give him the credit for where he is today. You have to give him that credit. Um, and, you know, we said that when he got drafted and even more so now. Like, it's an absolutely unbelievable achievement. And, uh, yeah, congrats to Liam. I think it's, it's the only real thing you can really say. Also, Arizona is a, is a fantastic fit for Liam because, say, if he ended up on a team like Boston or, uh, you know, Washington, there's that many good players in that organisation that, there is obviously that chance that he could get pushed out because he might have talent on that team. But when you look at Arizona, apart from Kemper and probably um, Kessel, who was obviously coming to the end of his career now, he's getting older. He's a, this he's is a real, this is a real chance for him to. <laughs> this is a real chance for him to be a kind of a superstar, I guess. You know, because there's not a lot of depth in that Arizona team. There's not a lot of players that stand out. So this is a chance for him. You know, if he keeps going and keeps putting that effort in, there's a chance where he could be one of the real standout players for this this organisation. Uh, so it's a massive, massive benefit for him. That's exactly it. It's like you say, they're, they're, they are the perfect team for him. And, you know, you rightfully picked out the likes of, you know, Boston, Washington, 
you know, I'd even go higher up now and say the likes of Colorado, Tampa, Islanders, Pens. Do you know, we're all teams now that are starting to expect some kind of success. All right, Colorado may be the odd one out in that, that that haven't had it yet, but the team that they have only points towards success in the future. Like, they are teams that are expecting some success now. And I'm not saying that Liam wouldn't give them that, but they are the teams that will only give the players the chance if they've got injuries and if they've got that, that roster slot open up. You know, you're not going to see the likes of the Pens, the Avalanche, the Islanders, just to pick three of our teams. You probably would see them play for Buffalo because it's, it's Buffalo. But, you know, you're not going to see the Islanders, the Pens or the Avalanche just randomly pull up somebody from the minors just to give them a shot. You know, we're at that stage now where the three of our teams are expecting some kind of success. We're, want, we're expecting those results because we've had it. Whereas Arizona, they've tried, they've pushed for it. You know, um, one player that you may have missed off when you were um, listing players is Oliver ekman Larson. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I only realised that because I searched him on Elite Prospects because I was like, I'm sure there's one more player. Um, Clayton but, yeah, Keller. I mean, say again. Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, yeah, that's that's true. But there's not, you know, there isn't, there isn't a lot of depth on that team. And they are a team that are going to try a hell of a lot of different things because they've tried... They signed the likes, as I say, they signed the likes of Taylor Hall to go with Phil Kessler. They tried to build the team off that, and it's, it didn't work for them. So now they've got to go back to square one. And why can't why why square one can't be the British kid a chance that's that's come so far to be where he is and that has all the drive in the world? All it needs is that one game. How many players do you see playing the NHL now? I can list four or five at least on the Pens roster alone that stepped up for one or two games to cover injury. And have now played seasons and seasons and seasons on the Penguins roster. Jake Gensel, to start with, came up from Wilkes Bar because we had some injuries. That's all he needs. One chance, one or two games, and uh, he can get where he needs to be. Um, have we got anything else on Kirky? No. So, I'm going to throw this one back to Dave again now because he's actually. I say this begrudgingly, um, the only person with a team remaining in the NHL playoffs, um, which if you'd have told me that five years ago that the Islanders were going to be the only one out of our four teams that were in playoffs, I would have never believed you. But um, Dave, playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Who would you thought it? Islanders, still in. Again. Without um, Anders Lee. Without Anders Lee. Although there was a great video, he's... he's in the locker room talking to the team and he does the first uh, line announcement and he's walking out and he just punches the, um, the door and just, and I don't know like if it's angry, angry or just motivated anger, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just great time to be on Alice fan at the moment. Um, yes, yesterday was the three year anniversary of, uh, Barry Trotz being announced as head coach. He's not done a bad job at all. Has he? Um, what a straight off got. the back of a Stanley Cup win as well. And the best thing is Washington haven't won a single series since um, him leaving. I mean, neither is John Tavares. In fact, the Islanders have won more playoff series in Toronto than he has. Um, and that's fact. That's not just trolling him. That's fact. Uh, thank you, COVID. Um, in fairness, mate, you do 
say, you, you, it, comparing Washington to Tavares, who went to Toronto, we'd fully expect Toronto not to be doing not to be doing a great deal. Just Washington, on the other hand, just don't get broke up there. Oh, sorry. I said you were comparing now Tavares and playing for the for the Maple Leafs to Washington. Washington, we might expect to have won a playoff series. Like Toronto, maybe not. <laughs> Especially when it's a game seven. Yeah, give, me, give me the moment. Um, but jokes <laughs> aside, um, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the playoffs this year has been crazy. Um, uh, you know, I'll talk Islanders in a second, but you, you know. You look at the um, everyone expected Toronto to make it through to be the team, the kings of the north. No, Allez les Bleu, the Montreal Canadiens. They yeah, decided the, to. Uh, the Frodes reference there, king. Of, sorry, king of the north. It's, yeah, yeah. I know you don't watch it, so. so sorry, Griff. It's not. I won't talk about Andy Burnham. Um, Fine. <laughs> uh, so you know they they took over um, in that respect. You had the the Colorado Vegas series, which I thought would have gone to seven. Especially after game one, um, <laughs> but you know, they, you know that happened. Tampa had an easy. I'm not going to lie. No disrespect to Carolina or the Panthers. Out of the three teams in the playoffs, still they had the easier of the, uh, the runs. Um, and then in fairness, you know, in, in the East Division, you know, obviously ourselves and the Pens, Washington and, and Boston, and then us and Boston. You know, series that you kind of can't go, I can pick that. I can say it was them. You know, we all, me and Joe said it's one of us in seven. But it could have been easily one of us in four. Yeah. You know, none, none of us said definitely it's us. So, as the playoffs go, it, it's been crazy. But uh, to now just indulge a bit, um, the Islanders. To think about, you said that, you, you just said uh, about five years ago. The Islanders are solving there. I think five years ago, mate, we'd only won in 24 years one playoff series. Tavares' overtime winner against Florida broke it in, in, in Brooklyn was the first series win in 23 years. To then have nothing again until Barry Chotz comes in and brings the system, the structure, and everyone says it's boring. Everyone says it's you know it's bland. It's not as exciting as. Tampa or Pittsburgh or Washington or Vegas. But what system there that benefits the parts on there? You can't really play a Tampa game with what's on the roster. You can't do a Pittsburgh game. You can't do a Washington game because as much as the team on the island is is skill, high-end skill, it hasn't got that elite superstar. It hasn't got the Ovechkin, the Crosby, the Stamkos. You don't have to again be at the semi-final spot of the playoffs is unthinkable. Um, and we'll ignore last night for a second, uh, and for obvious reasons. But we we'll were still that. looking forward to last night. Oh, no, no, we, we, I, I gotta say, I, for me, it was one of them. This is one of the biggest games we've had for many a year. Um, especially as it's the final season, Mark Two, of the Coliseum. Uh, you know, before we go to the amazingly looking USB arena in Belmont, if you haven't seen any photos, do the social media for USB arena. It looks amazing. One key thing that the concourse is open plan. So where's most arenas? So where Brooklyn, you're on the outside and you can't see the ice. At Belmont, you can see the ice. So you can go to the bar, you can go get food, 
you can still see the ice. Uh, the sight lines are all designed for ice hockey. And the roof is still low. So like at the Coliseum, which is the one big thing everyone says about the atmosphere. And I know me and you have mentioned it, Joe, a few times. I know me and Greff have said it a few times. The atmosphere actually shown over the last few weeks of games at the Coliseum. And that's not even full. And NHL games don't come across well atmosphere-wise on TV. But at the Coliseum, it is a different kettle of fish there. To, to, to last night was it was devastating it was against the, the grain of all the performances that have been put in so far and it's not like we've played teams that have not got firepower we've, you know we beat Pittsburgh we beat Boston teams that were meant to beat us because of the firepower they had so then just crumbled to an 8 little loss was just yeah so potentially tomorrow night game 6 could be the again mark 2 the very last game at the Coliseum could be a weird night because we, we, let's say we win, which I'll be honest with you, I think we will. I think we'll take it to seven. Saturday night, game seven, thankfully, not like a Thursday or a Monday. But the third thing, if we lose, A, we've not made the final, but it's the last game at, at the Coliseum. It's very weird. As, for another fact, it's very weird because as much as the Pittsburgh new venue is great, um, Buffalo's Arena's... It's Buffalo's Arena... Um, don't say it. it's, it's a <laughs> it's decent Buffalo. venue. Pepsi Center at Denver is great. Ours is, is one of the worst venues, but the, the phrase you know, you, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. But the history and everything that's been done in that building, you know, they'll talk about the four cups on the trot, they'll talk about Ryan Pollock's goal line save in game four. That will be mentioned for years to come. And, you know, different things. There was the game against Toronto in the playoffs years and years ago. Eric Cairns were in a mock amongst the whole Toronto team. And it's things like that that just build into That's the history like of the Eric building. Cairns. London races legend. <laughs> yeah. Um, that very same one. On Andy Carson's Christmas list. Um, but so, so many moments that has, has happened in that building. It's uh, we're, we're, All our fans are just like, and it's been weird, whereas probably if Pittsburgh win a series, it's run to the next game, or win a game, run to the next one. We've been, or Islanders fans have been, we win a game, we've got one more game at the Collie. Because everyone just wants that, and one more game at the Collie. One more chance to hear the, the, the atmosphere in the building. And if somehow we can get in seven games and take the cup final to the Coliseum, what a what a present to give the old girl as a send-off. And whoever it may be, maybe against, you know, if it's against Montreal, home advantage. Or if it's Vegas, then it's three games again. But who knows? Either way, whoever wins the playoffs this year, the most turbulent of seasons, no one, if you, if you were honest, you will not predict the final four. But you what, might have predicted two. You might have predicted two, but you certainly wouldn't have predicted the other. Again, yeah. You, 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 can, you can always get to go to the final four. Realistically, you wouldn't have said the Islanders. No. Especially in the division that we were in, to make, to get through two rounds, because anybody would have struggled, because that division was tough. Um, so if the Islanders, if we can make the final, that's going to be an achievement in itself, just because of the division and yeah. the intensity of the games in that East Division, which I don't believe was in the West, North, or the Central. Um, oh, our games were horrific. I literally like the 
pretty much every game that we played. I mean, we, we were both staying up and watching the games and tweeting each other. And I think I don't think I breathed for the last two periods in half the games because it was literally one of those where you were just sat like at the edge of your seat, clinging on to like something. Um, or the double OT game where they finished at about quarter past four with us both working the next day, just like absolutely dying. Oh like, yeah. And that was round one. And then Boston, I, I had you guys to beat us, and I think we all. It's actually, I think the first time we've ever actually all got a hundred percent on anything like this. But I think we all went Islanders, didn't we? I think we all chose Islanders to beat the Pens in round one. I think um, someone said Pens. Someone said. But I pens. don't think it was you. No, I definitely said Islanders. I want to say, I, I I say Islanders. Islanders from the start. I want to say Andy may have said it. I'm, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I know one of us did. Yeah. And you was, and you was wrong. Ha ha ha. But, uh, but I'll hold my hands up. I, I would have, I would have had, as I said, I had you guys to beat us. I, I would have, I would have had Boston to beat you guys. And it's, it's not a discredit to your team. It's no. more of a credit to the Boston team. I would have absolutely had no, Boston to beat you. Not, not, not at all. And in fairness, they're very similar teams in terms of very, you know, blue collar teams. Um, and if you didn't know, um, um, one of their players is from Long Island. Um, wasn't mentioned a million times on broadcast every single game. Charlie McAvoy, that's the one. Um, literally, first four games, every kind of second ad break. Ah, it's Charlie McAvoy. He's from Long Island. Is he? Well, the first time he mentioned it, it's nice and cute, but the fourth game, you mentioned it sixth time. No, we, we don't need to know this. It's a bit overkill. Um, it's, it's like tweets about raffles. It's purely overkill. Um but yeah, I did fairness, you know, I thought Boston would have struggled. For us to again it was and it was a game five again. Like with the Penn series, it was a game five. It's where the home team could have really just put the missile in the Islanders playoff route. And if it weren't so rocking, it was Volamov. Who, if I'm honest with you, we had a chance series, robbed of a final a final three nomination for Vezina. Yeah, but he was never going to get it. He was never going to get it. How there's not one netminder from the East Division, especially one with the amount of shutouts that Valum have had, not in that final three, I think, yeah. I can't think who the third was. Vasilevsky, Grubara, and Grubara. Yeah, yeah, I'd have had him over Grubara in fairness. I can see Fleury and I can see Vasilevsky, but I'd have had him over for Grubara. Don't get me wrong, three great netminders. And I'm not criticising them for net miners at all. But given the season he's had, given the stats he's had, in that division with the firepower of the teams we're facing, robbed. But different discussion, different day. Um, but it's... I'll sum it up. I think I'll sum it up this way. It's just, it's just it's the way that's what sports does. And it's the, the agony and the, the enjoyment and the kind of the the greatness of what of what sports can do and what's what we've been missing with the with the COVID pandemic. I know we had the bubble last August, September. Um well three of us did. I think Colorado was in it, Western section. Yeah. 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 So three of us had it. Um I know Greff was like an impartial like an analyst. Uh, just Greff needs a second seat. Just so that when both never ever happened. You know no Greff's one of them and my spike. Yo, Greff could be that person who could analyse Knowing that his team's not going to be there, but that the off chance that his team are, at least he's he's built his repertoire, he's built his knowledge base, he could pass it on to someone else. Crest the man for that. True. True. 
Um, but so we had that, and it was a great flat period of time, and then we had nothing again, and we had the season. It's just been so good to have our sports teams to cheer on. Some of us are lucky to cheer on deeper in. I mean, in fairness, Gref was in Dreamland cheering Buffalo in April. <laughs> Definitely. You know, and uh, you, you're more than welcome for the charity work for the last games of the season against your guys. Um, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> did when you played Hauser in there? Hey, in fairness, he, he, ate well. cr- he ate his crust, and you can't take it away from him. Um, we like we had like twelve, thirteen shots. We were like thirty plus shots both nights. Um, but it was, it's just been great to have the teams cheering. It's been great to from an Islands fan to go again to the semi-final. Um, even better with the crowd because I think that's what missed it with the bubble. Yeah, it was good, but weren't as good if that makes sense. You know, hearing crowd noise, it's, it's just been outstanding. I, I, I think tomorrow night's going to be it's, it's it's like Detroit fans when the Joe shut down, um, and when they but they, they knew Pittsburgh when they moved out of the igloo, oh, but you knew devastating Montreal fans from the forum to the Bell Center, and all the buildings the teams have moved from building to building when they know. And for our fans, it's like, we don't know yet. So people could be walking out of the Coliseum on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whichever time zone you're listening to this, for that very last time, but don't know. So it's very weird in that respect, but it's just been so damn good to have sports back and hockey back. And just be nice to have a few more games on Long Island. I'm just going to throw that there to finish it off. Well, in fairness, I'm I'm gonna pick up from that, and I'm gonna do something on on recording that I'm sure you won't ever like throw back at me when we get back into an Islanders pens debate or game of clash of some sort. But you have to seriously, seriously give kudos to the Islanders in the, in in this playoff series for a number of reasons. And in fairness. This kind of year and this kind of playoff series has shown it more than ever. In fairness, anyway, and one thing that I've always kind of thought that the Islanders do better than any other team in the NHL is the, is the appreciation to the UK fans for a start and I, 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 I have to say that without a doubt I mean to see the Islanders tweeting the UK Islanders group and saying we appreciate all your support do you know when you stay up and you know watch a game at what four quarter past four to see that afterwards it's just just that nice little thing I'll, I'll just throw a quick thing on there because they've, they've done a lot of the groups in Europe They've really kind of they've changed the, the social media um, bit. So maybe we we'll, may do a bit of a feature with some of the UK groups and we may do some digging and get some of the people who run the groups and get them on sort of little yeah, interview no. segments. Um, something to think about for another whilst we're doing it live show. This, so they did the UK group. Um, they did Germany. They did a few um, different uh, groups of Europe and they sent stuff out um, gratis. Not cost them a thing, just sent stuff out so they could... So a lot of the videos you saw, particularly the Islanders, you actually saw Scotland, you saw Milton Keynes, you saw Portsmouth, you saw Germany, you saw different parts of Europe, all with this stuff that the Islanders have shipped out. And it was a T-shirt that they sell in the Islanders, uh, in the Islanders um, shop. It was a poster they did, like a Where's Wally style poster. And it was before Buffalo game. Um, but the most important thing of all, they sent a beer cooler, it's a little uh, Islander thing. So you can put your bottle in so you can be comfortable watching the game. 
No, this is this is an Islanders team that know their fans. Um, but I, 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 you may think it's biased when I say it, but I don't think there's a team that really, like you was kind of saying, that engage with out of America markets. No, absolutely not. Absolutely, I mean, I've not I, seen. I, from, I've, I've only really seen, noticed. I've not seen year. from other teams like what we've been doing is like if you're not in New, you're not in New York or you're not on Long Island, go to these places. So whether you're in Jacksonville or Atlanta or um, LA or Tampa or Florida or somewhere in, in America, we've got these places. We know they're good. Go and watch the games there. If you, you know, photos of fans in, in like say UK and Germany, they've just really had that. It's kind of had that family feel as a horrible kind of old tired used phrase in Sheffield, but it does have that kind of, it's not just the players. It's not just them on yeah. Long Island. It will go to the games. It's actually everybody who, there's, a, there's an active group of fans in Brazil. Of all countries you would have not thought of, Brazil. Brilliant. But they're just as active. And they did a, like, so they had that an international week and they did a, a segment of, of interviews of fans in Brazil. And there's like, there's absolutely tons of them. Yeah. And they interact with the UK fans and groups as well. So it's like, it really is an eye opener is just actually how many, never mind Islanders, but NHL fans in different countries that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. That's what I mean, like the amount of times that I've seen it from staying up in like and watching our games and things like that. And you see the tweets afterwards or after each series or whatever to like the Islanders UK group saying we all appreciate all you guys watching and staying up until whatever time. And it's, you know, it, it, it takes 30 seconds for the person that's running the social media thing to retweet something like that and put that. But that appreciation from your club. I mean, I, I, Andy and Gref, I mean, you guys will, will, will say yay or nay, but I don't think any of our clubs have ever done anything like that. I certainly haven't. The closest I've ever seen the Pens do is when um, Teddy Spluger first came into our team and um, he scored a goal. And I think they tweeted something about all the Latvians that had stayed up until 3, 4 a.m. to watch the game. And that was because he was Latvian. That's the closest we've ever shown to any of any kind of acknowledgement of fans outside of the US. Like it's just it's it is quite incredible to see the acknowledgement of all the kind of let's say the UK fans from a from a personal perspective of obviously us all being in the UK, but like you say across the world, it's 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 really quite admirable to acknowledge that kind of that following. Um, the closest I've seen it is. Uh... The first NHL game back when they showed the footage about you no know, explaining the all COVID situation, and they actually showed uh, a picture of uh, one of the pubs in Sheffield saying thank you NHS. Frog and parrot. Frog and parrot. Yes, I remember you. you said to us like, have you seen this? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it's frog and parrot on Division Street. Yeah. But, but hopefully, that, hopefully that, now with Kirk obviously being drafted and uh, getting his entry level contract, hopefully we'll see more acknowledgements to the British fans there. Well, we saw it with Peterborough, didn't we? Peterborough were tweeting all the um, the Sheffield and the Yorkshire sayings whenever he whenever he scored. Yeah. I'm <laughs> pretty sure good. I saw them um, tweet things like "Get the Hendos, Kirk, yeah. just scored or <laughs> something like that." You know, that was quite amusing. So, if we can see that at an NHL or AHL level, that'll be uh, that'll be amusing. But it's, it's, say, it's, it's simple things that make such a difference. Yeah. Uh, wait, 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 Thirty seconds. But we always talk about the Vegas social media and things like that. Sorry, Griff. Um, we always talk about the Vegas social media. And, like, it's the same thing for them. These tiny tweets. Or, like, tweeting halfway through a game saying, because they're losing three goals, what's everybody's favourite breakfast cereal? Just because they don't want to be tweeting about the game. It makes you laugh. It engages with the fans and, like, probably makes the fans that are sitting there going, God, we're three goals down, go, 
Oh, that was quite funny. I mean, it's not worth it now, so just... Fine, fine. <laughs> I, was, I was giving you your time. But no, there's... Like, well, you mentioned Latvian fans. They did it with, obviously, with Zengus Gergensen's. Mm. When, obviously, he got put into the All-Star vote. They did that a lot for just the Latvian fans. Not really done it anywhere else. There is, like, a obviously, you your fan groups and stuff but they don't actually tweet them either so I've not really yeah. seen that don't think I've seen is like well other teams like take the mick like a few years ago I can't remember who it was I think it was it was either like Columbus or Vegas I said if you want to see the score check Sabre's Twitter account because we did someone who our social media person was did a tweet saying, yeah, we lost. 4-0. That was it. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's something that you'd like to see more, as I say. that's. I, I feel like it, the Jews really do go to uh, to the Islanders there because they, they really do show that appreciation. Um, and in fair, you, you've already kind of touched on the other thing that I was going to praise the Islanders for, in fairness, because the atmosphere in those games has been unbelievable. I, I don't honestly think I have seen an atmosphere in any like you say, the atmosphere doesn't come across on the TV in an NHL game generally. And then you add to that the fact that the last year we've had hockey in reduced capacity at best, if not we're watching Canadian games with no fans. The year before that we were watching the bubble with zero fans for the entire time. And then all of a sudden you've got the Islanders playing Tampa and the person singing the national anthem literally just drops the microphone because there's no point you physically can't hear it over the crowd singing the national anthem. And never been done before. We did it against Boston in game six. Never, ever done before. Have you heard this? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, check Twitter. I've retweeted it. And literally, I just, I physically got my, I just stood there like, what, what the hell? Just goosebumps. Yeah. And I, I, thought, really it was just, I thought it was just a one-off, just that one game. They've carried it on. I mean, again, in particular, tomorrow night could be just raised just a little bit more with what it could be. So yeah. it's just it's my eternal shame. I'm never, you know, unless I win money and they have the preseason games there, I'll never get a chance to go to the Collie. Um, the videos of people I know shared have just been like, yeah, don't need to share it. Stop it. I'm jealous. Um, but you know, it's good that we. You know, some NHL venues does have that atmosphere. Like in Vegas. I mean, they're just crackpots. And that, it sounds that great. That building is deafening when they score. When we when we went, when we were in Vegas watching them, that building is deafening. I, I've never been in a building like it when someone scored. Like, you physically, you can't hear yourself think. It's it's crazy. But, but yeah, it's, uh, nah, it's, it's been good. Um and yes, like I said, we'll we'll do some digging during the summer of the different uh, UK NHL groups and just get their perspective on how they interact with the uh, the NHL team. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Have we uh, have we got anything else to add on NHL playoffs before we ask the inevitable question, which is going to be who progresses to the final? Because we know they're going to be the last two questions that we've got to cover. Because I would probably imagine we're not going to do another episode before the cup's going to be lifted now. So, um, yeah, 
All right. Well, the next question then is who's going to who's going to take the series as we're currently. What is it? Three two Tampa and two two Vegas Montreal. So we'll we'll start with we'll start with the Islanders because we've talked about the Islanders now. So who who are we who are we thinking? We've got our thinking caps on here. I was going to say you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> We're going to do it in seven. We're going to do it in seven. But I'm not sure my head and my heart believes that at all, but I think we're going to do it in seven. See, if you turn, if you actually turn up to the game unlike last night, possibly. Let's not go down that, mate. We'll if, you another, if you have another night like that, it's Tampa. Yeah. Tampa in um, six. You have another night like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm, I don't I'm think. Gonna, I'm going to stick to um, the matchup that I thought would be in the final, uh, and that's Isles in seven. I feel like I've already kind of baffled Dave by the fact that the last two series I've rooted for the Islanders. And I remember turning up to a, a, a training session and saying, let's go Islanders when you were playing Boston. And you said, can I get you a recording of you saying that? And I said, if you play Tampa, we'll be going with you again. But yeah, I'm agreeing. Islanders in seven. Could we have not all like, oh, you said Tampa in seven because we <laughs> predict awful. <laughs> We predicted you guys earlier on in the series, earlier on in the playoffs, and that went well for you. It's been hitting basketballs into buckets to predict who wins. Um, and I'll show it because I got tagged in it. And they called Islanders in seven. I saw that. I think was it? It was a, stand, a dog standing on like the top of the stairs and then knocking. Yeah. Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. So same question then, gents. Um, Vegas, I'm, Montreal. I'm all down. Sorry. You cut Montreal out then, so I didn't. Six. Apologies, but Montreal and six. I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Montreal. But I'd say in seven, though. What game is it next? It's game five next. It's 2-2. Two, two. Two, yeah. Game six uh, to Vegas. Oh. I really want it to be Vegas. But Carey Price has been lights out generally. And uh, we've seen the cracks in Fleury now. And he played Lena last time. It's not really the best phrase to come out with that, is it? That we've seen the cracks in Fleury. Um, uh, Montreal in six. I really don't want to say it. I really hope it's Vegas, but Montreal and six. So it brings us to the last question, gents. Who is going to lift uh, Sheffield's finest steel above the head? Is it going to be Anders Lee stepping on the ice? Because I'm presuming they'll have him on the ice. I was going to say doing a John Terror. <laughs> is it going to be uh, Shea Weber? Is it going to be Mark Stone? Or is it going to be 
Steve Stamkos. I can't answer that. With the 20 million over the wage cut. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. And then some. My heart says Anders Lee, but my head's not convincing me. But I'm just going to go with, go with my heart. Anders Lee's going to do a Steve Stamkos injured and lift the cup. Who is your acting captain whilst Anders Lee is in play? We don't have an acting captain, we just have the three alternates uh, talking. I'm presuming Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson, Cutterbug, and Bailey. So Dave's saying Anders Lee through gritted teeth. (laughs) It's not because I don't want it to happen, I just. It's believing it could happen. If you ask me when, it get, when we do the semi-finals and I'll predict the final from there, I'll be a lot more comfortable. But... Mate, last time the Pens won it, I couldn't even watch the games because every time I watched, we seemed to lose. And so I just I, I had to basically boycott watching the games because I just got this thing where every time I turn a game on, we seem to lose. So I, I get that feeling completely. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'll say Islanders. And they'll come out with two signs. One that'll say, thanks for Barzell, Boston. And then the other one saying, here's what you could have won, JT. I'm going Stone and Vegas. Uh, I'm going to say in six games. He's up in his prediction. He's even going the number of games. Um, Which that would, if your predictions follow, would be one on Long Island. I want it to be Stone. I also think if it's Stone, then the NHL will have a very quick rethink about how they run their expansion draft because of how quickly an expansion team's won the, won the tournament. Oh, Which would then benefit which would then benefit all of our teams in a respect of we'll probably not lose the calibre of player that we're probably going to lose at the moment because I think in particular Islanders and Penguins set to lose a pretty decent player because we can't protect all our top players. But every cloud, you know, wage cap. <sighs> yeah, true. <laughs> Cody CC's uh, needing his contract renewed, so that's 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 a good thing for us. I'll take anything after that. Um, Andrew Lad, there you go. You were you mother <laughs> Florida are just sat there going Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky please <laughs> <laughs> if anything half the Boston fans are hoping for Tuka Rask at the moment because they turn as fickle once they lose a game that Tuka Rask's the whipping boy yeah. um, I'm alluding from an answer uh, if my predictions follow through and it goes forward with Montreal and Islanders then I'm going to say Islanders we're losing tomorrow. Well, I, I think if <laughs> Vegas examples. go through, <laughs> if Vegas go through instead of Montreal, then I'd take Vegas. And that's not just because I want them to win. That's because I think Vegas have got a very, very strong team. And I'll, I think say, I'll say it now. If it's a Vegas Islanders final and Vegas win it, and I've, I've sort of said to you, Joe, but yeah, it's on yeah. that board, I'll be as happy as you can be losing in a final for one reason. And if it's on Andy's prediction... It'll be as bittersweet as you're going to get because Robin Leonard will get a cup. 
in the place where he's as loved. That's not his home team. That would be just as nice. As devastating as we'll be losing the final, but seeing Leno with a cup will just be as 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 good a tonic as could be to losing the final. See, I I said I I touched on the the side of Fleury lifting the cup. If I, I remember, I spoke to you about this, Dave, and that was my my kind of dilemma with it was I want to see Vegas win because they are kind of, if ever I was going to have a second team, which I don't, but if ever I was going to have a second team, it'd be Vegas just because we've seen them. But my issue is I want Fleury to sign a year's contract before he retires to retire in pit because he's got three cups with us. It's where he's played the prime of his career and the main part of his career. And I think he's got a year left on his contract in Vegas. And if he then decides that's it, or if he then signs a bit of a longer contract and then does it afterwards, I think he'll come back to pit. If he wins a Stanley Cup in Vegas, I don't know if he does that. And that, I I, I want to see him retire as a Penguin. So I'm kind of conflicted on that. But... Who knows? He might go to Seattle if they don't protect him. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Fleury goes Fleury goes to Vegas, takes Vegas to multiple cup finals and multiple conference finals, and then gets picked by Seattle in the next expansion draft. Does the same thing with Seattle. Be one for the storybooks. Would be, yeah. Anyway, have we got anything else to mention on NHL playoffs? I think we've pretty much done it to death. I can't actually tell what Andy's doing. It looks like he's doing anti-surveillance from Four Lions. <laughs> he's blocking me out. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, right. I've got two more things written down that we have. Um, so I'm going to go with CHL first, which I'm throwing over to Dave. I think it was only a brief. Very thing. brief. Uh, Belarus lost a spot due to X, Y, and Z reasons just in case people listening that shouldn't be listening um, and can track people's whereabouts on IP addresses. Um, so please just ignore Andy's last comment earlier about Ryanair. Exactly. Uh, so um, <laughs> Slovakia have got their old wildcard spot, spot back. Uh, Slovan Bratislava has taken that spot. It's upset a few of the natives um, because they didn't win anything. Uh, but a very storied franchise from the KHL, or went from Slovakia to the KHL and back, uh, in the CHL, so that'll be interesting to see uh, how that pans out. Certainly will, certainly will. Totally not a financially driven decision to put Slovan Bratislava in that one. <laughs> um, do we have anything to add on that, or are we keeping it as brief as literally that? Yeah, with as brief as that sound. Literally, the only thing I have left written down is Andy had something to say because you were said you were said you were going to say something in the World Champs bit, and then you said you'd say it at the end. <laughs> I did until you mentioned it, uh, unbeknownst to me and quite out of surprise. Uh, I didn't think Liam Kirk about him being, um, you know, having that entry level contract from Arizona. I, I don't think you guys had uh, had that down. I was going to mention it, so I was going to do it at the end, but uh, you've already done it for me. So there we go. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> so I'll change what well I wrote down that Andy didn't have something to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Brilliant. Right. Well, we've we've epically failed on the uh, attempt at keeping this to do uh, well to an hour because we're currently at an hour and fifty nine minutes. So you wouldn't yeah, think that we stood outside for two hours after training, would you? And talked no, about it. You wouldn't think it, would you? This is this is how the whole genuinely this is how the whole podcast started, and I still remember the conversation. I think was it? I think we had a, a night session. It was a midweek night session where we were training on Wednesdays at Queens Road. Yeah. And Dave and I stayed back afterwards and were just talking for, I think it probably was literally an hour out in the car park. And I'd started listening to Spitting Chicklets a few weeks before. And I was like, do you know what? We've talked that much rubbish about hockey after we've trained. I feel like we should just do a podcast. And then it spiraled to this point. So, yeah, it's... uh, So they're getting a good good length every time, aren't they? (laughs) Exactly. Well, it it is our mantra to uh, to deliver... (laughs) Deliver a good lengthy podcast. That's what that's that's always the goal. The MF said way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and to quote Top Gear on that bombshell, um, I think it's time to close out, gents. Unless anybody has anything else they want to say before we uh, before we finish quickly. Seeing shaking heads, so that's good. Right, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Good luck for the uh, the playoffs. Thank you. Um, I'll let you know how I am on Thursday morning. You'll ever get a, a nice message or a, I'll just drop seed bombs on people. Just yeah, randomly, but I'll just copy you into it. So I'll, I'll keep and For those who are listening, it's not the, the normal seed bomb. I'm just going to say classy. That's all I'm going to do. Don't get too worried. I'm going to swear at people. But no, no, thank you. Um, Great to speak to, to Gref and Andy again. And Gref Mark 2 in the background. Um, you know, we, have, we don't do these more often, so two hours is a decent length. Um gives plenty of content to uh, the punters, give them what they want. And that is what we do. So uh, good to hear from you all. Good to get the band back together. Um, and yeah, if you've listened to the very end, as ever, we say you are the real MVPs. It is, it's, it's like the Islanders giving the nod to their UK fans. It's us giving the nod to the fans that, that <laughs> yeah. listen all the way to the end. <laughs> so now again, we move on to... Um, the toothless wonder that I've not actually announced you as the toothless wonder today, but uh, Gref, thank you very much, sir. So uh, pleasure as always. Hello. I mean, it's been a pleasure. Are you talking to me though, or the the person next to Andy? I'll be addressing the person next to Andy after you, mate. Don't worry. Fair enough. <laughs> it looked like it was a good night that one, anyway. But yeah, it was a pleasure as always. Nice to speak to yourself, Joe, Dave, staff. Anyone that listens to the listens to ourselves ramble on, fair play to you. We didn't think it'd last this long, but then again, MS said podcast. It's the only way. Is the only way. You're absolutely right. And last but not least, Andy and cardboard cutout Gref. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks again to yourselves, uh, and thanks again for everyone listening and. Uh, uh, Thanks to Gref Mark too for keeping me company. You're holding him like a ventriloquist's dummy. I'm kind of waiting for his mouth to move. <laughs> I've not taught him that yet. <laughs> I'll get some scissors out in a minute. Brilliant. <laughs> you need to send us a picture of that. We've got to tweet out a picture of you holding cardboard cut out, Gref. <laughs> it's got to happen. No, mate, thank you very much. It's uh, a pleasure as always, gents. Nice to uh, to get back behind the mic. Um, we'll say this now. I don't honestly have a clue when we'll be talking again next time because there's not really any hockey other than the NHL right now. Um, so who knows? 
NHL draft, uh, maybe. Yeah, shortly. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, NHL draft. Who knows? All we can say is keep an eye out on our social media channels, which are uh, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook, at MSM Podcast on Twitter, and following suit, I genuinely can't remember the, the Instagram. I think that could also be MSM Podcast. Yeah, I think so. Just search maybe, My Fancy Zamboni. Maybe by then we may be able to do a live one, literally live, all of us in the same building, if we're allowed to do so. Mr. Johnson, please let us. You think you're out, Buzzer? I mean, just, where your hand is at the moment. The podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've literally just just titled the podcast episode seventy one. Get your finger out, buzzer. <laughs> but no, thank you to everybody listening. Um, we'll cut it off there. Um, another episode of my fancy Zamboni. <laughs>